I, I think the poet or the filmmaker or the musician, the poet must not avert his eyes. You must not avert your eyes. This is what is coming at us. edges careful away from you yes yes <laughs> I can still see his face <laughs> okay good oh that feels better yep it's well done oh Let's never speak of that again. No. Okay, so, hello, and welcome to One Good Thing. This week we'll be talking about Van Falstick again! <laughs> hello and welcome to One Good Thing, the podcast that tries to find extraordinary value at the Wynn Resort. But no worries there, because with excellent family entertainment, casinos inside the resort, and more Forbes Travel Guide award-winning restaurants than any other resort in North America, it's sure to be a hit with you and your family. The Wynn Resort. You're already having fun. I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. Today we shall be discussing Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2 Blart. Blart. Um, the 2015 family comedy film. Directed by Andy Fickman. Uh, the movie opened to pretty overwhelmingly negative critical reviews. Tom Huddleston at Time Out said... What would a film be like if every single person involved made as little effort as humanly possible? What did Tom Hiddleston say? Tom Hiddleston mm. said um, that he uh, had not heard of it. Um, Felix Vasquez Jr. at Cinema Craze said, Not about the everyman hero, it's about the fat slob working class and how we should laugh at them and not with them. Mm. Mm. Um, good public lesson. reaction. Well, I find myself utterly unable to tell you about public reaction because it seems the whole world has gone fucking mad. However, some people who saw the light happened to say, Silent Singer over Amazon Reviews said, uh, This sequel is devoid of humour, pacing, or any other interesting feature, so I switched it off after 25 minutes to save on my electricity bill. Apparently, my six-year-old niece is a fan of Paul Blart, which says a great deal. Yeah, fuck that guy's niece. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's awful. Terrible person. Yeah. Beth at Amazon said, um, This never played on a UK DVD player. Oh, how I envy you. Oh. Uh, the film cost... 40 million United States dollars and pulled in 107.6 million US dollars. Mm -hmm. So it made three, almost three times its budget. That's not even near. Which is enough. not quite as good as The Devil Inside. True. So, And um, an unwritten rule is, um, because that's production budget, so the unwritten rule is that f to work out how much a movie actually costs, you double it because they will spend the budget again on uh, publicity. Right. So really it only made... It's budget back again afterwards. Good, and I hope it was taxed to shit. <laughs> oh, Hollywood. Um, all right, Paul, you lovable working class oaf. Hello there. What's the good thing about Paul Blart, Paul Blart, 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 Blart? Kevin James tried really hard. Kevin James appears to be trying yeah. really hard. Like he wasn't, he wasn't giving an Adam Sandler style performance where he just 
just schleps in and, and he's like, I'm Adam Sandler. Look, I'm, I've got a disability. Yeah. That means I don't have to try for the film. He yeah. was running everywhere and uh, he's talking a lot and he was falling over things and he was yeah. talking and he was talking and talking. <laughs> he was always talking. <laughs> Improvising in that oh. brilliant way he does. God, he's always talking. Oh. Uh, here's a map of the property. Okay. There you are. Thank you. No, it's yours to keep. Oh, don't need it. It's already been scanned. Locked and loaded. Thank you. Time for some lunch. Sir, yeah. Your daughter and the restaurant are that way. <laughs> yeah, you had that upside down when I scanned it. That's why. It's on you. You know when you watch improvisational comics doing their thing? Yeah. And it's like, okay, um, he's, he's sort of gambling. He's sort of rambling right now, but he's going to get to like the... He, he's searching for the nugget. Like he's rooting around looking for the nugget. And in a minute yeah. he's going to find it. And like Robin Williams. Yeah, and the Stop. best ones do it almost straight away. It's just like, they come out with something that's clearly off the top of their head and it's brilliant. Other times it's like, okay, I've just got to keep talking, keep pacing, and so I can find it. He never finds the nugget. No. He never finds it, guys. He just keeps rummaging. You know, when somebody asks you for change on the street and uh, you're like, yeah, I've got something, and you root around your pocket and you try and find, say, the 20p, mm. and all you can find is pound coins, and you're yeah. just standing there staring at him, smiling, or he's rooting around for that one coin. It's kind of, it's a lot like that. <laughs> and I sweat just as much watching Kevin James do it. And I mean, Kevin James did fall over quite a lot. He did fall over a lot. And he, he ran into things and he he, he fought with an animatronic yeah. bird and he did he did all sorts. Mm-hmm. And in the trailers that we saw, um, I think we saw three Kevin James trailers on, on, on the DVD. Me. We The DVD that we bought. Using money mm, that we earned money in that, our low paying <laughs> jobs. Money that I earned shoveling deer carcasses. <laughs> And I, I, the iron sucking out elephant cum and spitting it into a bucket. <laughs> I really need to get on read. <laughs> um, this DVD that we bought uh, had three Kevin James trailers. Yeah. Uh, it was Grown Ups 2, Zookeeper, and Here Comes the Boom. Here Comes the Boom. I was going to say Welcome to the Punch. And I think that's a better film. Um, marginally. Yeah, just about. Um, it's a less annoying film. Yeah, these are all um, all Kevin James films, all of which he he falls over in. He yeah. throws himself down like a derby horse. <laughs> Stop making like yourself laugh. Fat it's working class podcast. derby horse, and that's <laughs> that's funny. Um, there's an, so there's another good thing. We've got a list of good good Kevin James films to watch. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I really feel that we've uh, we're through the looking glass on this one, Paul. Yeah, I, I through... feel like this was the first one when we came up with this idea to do this. This was the caliber of film I was expecting mm-hmm. it to be that we would be covering each week, and yeah. I feel like now, no, we've gone past Van Forstick, we've gone past Bats yeah. v Soups movies, so you know, kind of like inspired, uh, kind of guilty pleasures, maybe. Yeah. Um, and here we are, here we are, we're... through the eye of the needle, um, swimming without a face. The land that we are to conquer lays before us. Yeah, and I am weeping. Um, one of the, one of the issues with I, I, like I really think we met our match, or at least I think we're in the big leagues now. I think yeah. this is what a bad film is. Yeah. Um, and we are because here's the thing: I feel bad about this film because mm. it was commercially successful. It feels like nobody put much effort into it. Kevin James threw himself about and he bumbled a bit, but he did so for a very large paycheck. Mm. Um, it doesn't feel like anyone else cared about this about making a film that was good and it was put out there to people saying hey take your kids to this 
Yeah. Take your children to come and see this. You know, my parents took me to films. I, I like to think it was because they wanted me to have an experience. They wanted me to enjoy this thing, to realize mm. this wonderful thing that exists in the world, this mode of communication, this way of showing people how wide and beautiful the world is, which is important for kids. And this is shit. It's, it's like, fuck you, kids. Come and sit in the dark and be quiet and watch Kevin James run into a fucking wall. <laughs> again. Again and again and again. This is the world. <laughs> this is what you have to look forward to when you get out there is the wind resort Las Vegas. So take a breath. Oh. It's going to be okay. You're saying this is kind of like, it's the McDonald's of, of cinema. It's where you take your children to shut them up uh, whilst you pump toxic shit <laughs> into their bodies, into their like poor children's bodies. McDonald's is bad for you physically, not necessarily mm. spiritually. No. I feel like Paul Blount Cop really is just a, a big slice of the fat of the world. One of the reasons this is so popular was because, well, from what we could glean from reviews is that, you know, finally we've got a family film. You don't get that very often. No, the the idea is that you make a family film that is that kids will enjoy watching and that parents will enjoy too. And I try to think of ones from when I was a kid. And let's say live action. Let's mm. rule out animation here. Live action family comedy films. I think of Men in Black. Mm-hmm. Directed by Barry Sonnenkat, uh, which was, you know, a genuinely funny film. I saw it as a kid and loved it because of the special effects, because of the, the dog world shaming. that was created, the dog shaming. Um, yeah, it was, um, I enjoyed it as a kid and then grow up and watch it and think, oh, this is funny. Mm. This has really good comedic timing. Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones work very well together. They're, his sort of slow pace combined with his quippiness is great mm. and it works. And no wonder my parents loved it as much as I did. Now, this is just. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The thing well, is, well, the the the, the, issue, the issue is for what it, what it seems to be from what people have said is that you know it's it's a family film. It's on at the cinema. You can go to the cinema. It's a family day out. Um, mm-hmm. The kids will be quiet. Parents can have a rest. But um, you still own DVDs, right? You still <laughs> you still like do you own Short Circuit on DVD? Maybe ah. you think, oh, maybe maybe they'd appreciate that or. Maybe oh, any any fucking film, any film from history. Yeah. Any, any there are, there are, there are so many films. It doesn't have to be the cinema. Mm. And, and what what happens is if you're going if you take your kids to the cinema and you say here's a family film. This is this is what comedy is. Why did he fall over, mummy? Oh, that was a joke. Uh, I I get jokes now. This so is I... I've just learned what a joke is. It's you've just poisoned that child. Yeah. Born a girl, raised him a boy. You've ruined the child. <laughs> Took them to Kevin James's uh, comedy vehicle, Paul Blart, Mall Cop, Two Blart, and, and now... look what's happened. They've joined a neo-Nazi <laughs> nationalist national front group. Oh dear! Yeah. Whoops. I wonder whose fault it is. But I, uh, I don't know. Due to the transportative effect of cinema, it is different from say sitting them in front of a TV screen. And as much as the cinema has the power to just grab their mm. attention and just run with it, yeah. And that obviously, if it's a good film, it it just arrests them. And that is obviously yeah. something that parents will want to happen to their kids, so that they'll shut the fuck up for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's what, like, this really feels like just something you park your kids in front of for ninety minutes. But well, yeah, if I cinema, don't. So if cinema's really immersive, don't take them to Clockwork Orange style, <laughs> like brainwashing <laughs> se- sequence where you oh. just put them six like six meters from this screen <laughs> and and just like watch this series of um, increasingly more distressing yeah. imagery. Well, I pry your eyes open. <laughs> I feel like we need to get we need to get into this now. Um, I feel like we're dancing around it. Yeah. Actually, well, okay. 
So the the plot. Let me let me take this one. Okay. Half the heels of Paul Blart, more cop. The first Kevin James. Uh, well, let's call him Kevin James or Paul Blart. Kevin James. I'm going to call him Kevin James because Kevin James did this. Yeah, he's got to own this. Kevin Kevin James. Uh, at the end of Paul Blart, more cop. He marries his love interest. Um, six days later, she leaves him because she changes her mind. Uh, or the because act- the actress didn't want to come back. Yeah, the, the actress didn't want to come back. Um, his mum suddenly dies. Uh, very suddenly. Very suddenly. Um, so that's everything. That's everything tied up from the last one. He's still got a daughter, but we don't. They didn't really mention her until about fifteen minutes in. I yeah, think. she comes up like a fucking yeah. surprise. Like, yeah. who's, who's this girl in yeah. this house? Um, as he's as he's getting over their their death, and he's kind of oh, he's a bit down in the dumps. He's looking for something to really turn things around. So he gets a letter from uh, the. Association of Security Guard Officers. Yeah. The, the doobly boobly wanky were. Yeah. Who say, come, come to the hotel, this, the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas. We've got a conference here. Uh, you're most welcome. At the same time, his daughter, who then realizes his daughter, because we haven't <laughs> seen the first one and you can't make us world, gets a letter saying that she's going to go to UC, she's got, uh, she's admitted to UCLA. Yeah. Great. She hides it from her dad because she's worried that he's going to be lonely and take it badly. So Paul Blart and his daughter, they uh, go off to Vegas to the famous Wynn Resort of Las Vegas to find out. Oh, that's out. lovely. Mm, I know. Oh. Um, do you know what I, uh, do you know what I think when I think America? What do you think of when you think of America? Well, I think of the Wynn Resort, Paul. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that is just America. Yeah. It is the, uh, the ultimate family adult. Just general American resort. I mean, fun for all the family. And I think it was very gracious of Steve Wynn, beloved, um, businessman. Oh, wonderful guy. Wonderful man. Mm -hmm. Um, who actually ordained to, um, appear, um, to grace us with his presence in this film. Um, he actually allowed Kevin James and co. Mm-hmm. Um, to film on his wonderful, wonderful resort. So he could see all the things that the Wynn Resort had to offer. Yeah, the great shows, the restaurants, the, um, fat people everywhere <laughs> falling over, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Their um, row of segways for, uh, personal use. Their, uh, management team who will, who are made it consisting of very attractive people who will fall in love with you. Mm-hmm. In spite of you. Yeah. Um, there was a ballet show. There was a wonderful ballet show. The Wynn Resort has everything, Paul. With surprisingly f- uh, low security, <laughs> protecting yeah. it from bumbling idiots getting on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, it has everything. Um, oh, I love the Wynn Resort, Paul. I love the Wynn Resort, How Paul. can we get involved? Well, I think what we could do is just burn every copy of Paul Blart, more Blart, Blart, Blart that we find. And hopefully, if we inhale enough of the hu- fumes, we will die <laughs> and dream in our final fleeting moments of going to the Wynn Resort in Las Vegas. The Valhalla of casinos. Oh, but because it's a dream, what will happen is we'll take our final breath and then uh, Kevin James's face will come into view and block our mouths. It's the last thing you see. Yeah. It's that fucking moustache. Is the underside of Kevin James's chin. <laughs> Just filling your mouth. We have yeah. 30 to 35 minutes of awkward, uh, very, very awkward Kevin James brand comedy. Um, and then the plot begins. Yeah. Um, after a bit of father-daughter, um, arguments, oh, are they gonna get on? Is everything gonna be okay? Then the plot happens. Yeah. Um, Buck from Band of Brothers, he comes in with his team of diehard style, uh, villains with a diehard style plan. And then that happens. Um, Paul Blart, Kevin James Blart, Hong Kong Fooey's his way through it. Yeah. He uses a bit of, uh, a bit of, uh, a bit of his brain. Not very much of his brain. Yeah. Mostly just falling over he because he's fat. Them. Yeah. yeah. And driving his Segway around. 
say he saves the day. That is it. That is it. It is yeah. that simple. First 40 minutes of the film yeah. is some of the most awkward and embarrassing yeah. minutes of cinema that I've watched. Yes. It's just trying to get you to laugh. laugh. And it doesn't. It doesn't. Here's the thing about comedy. Here's how a joke works. It's about subversion. Mm. I force you to make an assumption or I take an assumption you already have and I play with it. That's how you can make people laugh just by ending a sentence in a weird way. Mm-hmm. If you watch stuff like, you know, the old wordsmiths, like Fry and Laurie, you know, they, they would um, just put an odd word in or just twist it slightly and it would just become funny because it's playing with things that you accept. Yeah. If the joke is just as you would expect and the more comedy savvy your audience is, the harder this is to do. Well, the easier it is to do, actually, because all you need to do is just show a guy get precariously close to a cliff edge and then not go over it. Mm. You know, Charlie Chaplin used to do this mess, play with these things. You know, he would have a roller skating sequence happen right next to the edge of a um, a, a long precipice that he mm. hasn't noticed. And he would keep getting closer and then come away from it again. You'd keep getting closer and just delay that sort of gratification of yeah. what you know is going to happen. In Paul Blart, more Blart 2, Blart, mm-hmm. Kevin James um, approaches an obstacle. You know he's going to trip over it. And then he trips over it. Mm-hmm. That's the, a joke. It's a joke, but it's just, it's like, <sighs> it, it is the laziest script I've ever seen. Yeah. So before I, um, before before we get on to jokes, do you think I summed up the plot well enough? Yeah, that's did all that. that happens. Good. I'm glad, glad we did that. I mean, we got some sub-stories. Mm-hmm. We have a, a, a romantic fucking interest, yeah. apparently. We have a woman in the resort who is a manager or something. Um, mm. And she... Uh, in, uh, beautiful woman. Um, that's all we're given about her. That's all we're let to know about mm-hmm. her, uh, because we don't know anything else. Yeah. Um, she approaches, uh, Kevin James in order to, what even is it, apologize for the room? Um, and whilst she's at it, she's yeah. doing sort of, um, high class custodian stuff, because that's what you can expect for, as treatment when you go to the wind resort. Hotel, yeah. Um, she just touches his hand and said, oh, your hands are soft. And he, in what is one of the most awkward comedy sequences I've ever seen in my life, misconstrues this as being, uh, romantic interest and shuts her down in the most awkward and rude and unpleasant way yeah. I've ever seen portrayed on film. <laughs> Oh, sorry about that. Although I must say you have very soft hands. Airbag! Excuse me? I sense what you're doing, Davina. What am I doing? Truthfully, being a bit transparent. I'm sorry, I don't follow. Mm, Look, I understand it's the 21st century and a woman can go after her. It's just like a man. Dad, I'm pretty sure she was a shrink. is grown-up stuff, Look, I know it takes two to tango, but my dancing shoes are currently out for repair. Sir, I'm sorry if Apology not needed. Just know I'm working my way through a maze of personal fire, and until the flames of chaos subside, I'm just not ready for public consumption. Which we didn't even realize was happening until it was almost over. Mm. It was like getting hit by a bus very slowly. (laughs) It was painful and upsetting, but just also very confusing. Yeah, we genuinely had no idea what he was doing until it was over, and she explained it to her to her boyfriend. Yeah, la- later on in a and very we went, awkward oh. scene in which they walk ten feet away and then talk yeah. about the scene that just happened. Yeah. I can't, I can't believe that he just uh, he thought I was hitting on him. Oh, that's what he was doing. <laughs> I just, I just thought he was being a douchebag. Yeah, almost all comedy creations come from people that um, the creators have met. 
Mm. Um, John Cleese stays in a hotel, meets an incredibly unreasonable uh, hotel manager, and yeah. Basil Fawlty is born. Uh, Seth MacFarlane met um, a number of people from Boston, I think it was, or New England anyway, and mm. yeah. came up with Peter Griffin. Is there a... I, I have no frame of reference for this. Like, I can't imagine this guy existing in real life or what mm. he's like. It just feels like Kevin James supposing what a working class person would be like. Mm. Half of the half of the time, mm. as he's as he's going through like the first half of the film, he's just getting to know all the people in the hotel. He meets a bunch of um, other people going to the yeah. security conference, um, real um, hotel security. Yeah. Um, the the guy who's romancing his daughter. Yeah. Um, and he's in. He's just this deluded arrogant and i guess insecure yeah um dick yeah and he's he's garrulous he's just constantly just well i happen to be an expert security guy and i've got a trained eyes of a hawk trained professional and yeah. then he, he'll do so, you know do something hilarious like fall onto another fat person yeah and so you're thinking oh okay so am i am i am i am i laughing at him because yeah. he's an idiot yeah but then 20 minutes later He's making this lady, uh, D- Davina, the hotel manager, um, fall for him. Yeah, like, he, he he like he like negs her basically into <laughs> into falling in love with him. Fuck me, that's what it is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and he undermines her self esteem by shutting yeah. her down until she yeah. becomes obsessed with him. Yeah, so she falls in love with him. Whatever. Um, he ends up giving. He's knocked back because he thinks he's going to be giving the keynote speech at this uh, the surprise yeah. keynote speech at this this convention. He isn't, but because. Blah, he ends up doing it because Blart, he ends yeah. up doing it. Um, and then he gives a rousing speech that gets everyone on his side halfway yeah. through the film. Yeah. Out of, like, apropos of nothing. Yeah. Um, so, so are we, are we laughing at him? Are we, are we with him? Yeah. Because he's not, he's not deluded in a charming way. He's not yeah. deluded in a Hong Kong foo way or he's not like, he's not a Mr. Magoo or something like that no, or an inspector it, gadget. No. He's, he's, um, nasty to people. Yes. Dad, are you okay? You should really get checked out. Pumpkin. My body's fine. It's my ego that took a hit. Turns out I'm not giving the keynote tonight. Well, you know what? You should call a cop because you got robbed. Well, thanks, kitten. Technically, I don't need a cop. It's a figure of speech, Daddy. I'm just saying, you know, just that cops think they're all that. I don't like it. I do not like it. I was thinking of um, Mark Duplass's character in Safety Not Guaranteed, mm. um, in which he is this very uh, sort of headstrong and um, arrogant character, but he is a charming character as well because of his delusions, because of his innocence, and mm. because of... Uh, I don't know, there's just something about the performance that he does in that movie that just mm. doesn't translate here. Kevin James comes over as a satire of someone he hates, yeah. is what it feels like. It feels like he's met someone he really didn't like, and now he's doing a shitty impression of him. <laughs> In order to get yeah. back at him. And I don't want to watch that. It feels mean-spirited. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't feel like some, a character that he has affection for. No. Which is a relief, actually, because uh, I was a bit worried this film wasn't going to be mean-spirited. And I was like, oh, what are we going to talk about? Well, <laughs> coming off of that, when is it okay to throw an old lady down the stairs? <laughs> um, shock humour. Yeah. Can be funny. Mm-hmm. 
I'm reminded of um, when Scary Movie came out and the reviewer said, I don't see much to be um, laughing at here. If you like seeing old women getting thrown downstairs, then I guess you might find something to enjoy. The gag in question is of the Sydney Prescott stand-in running up the stairs. The scream killer is behind her and she's throwing things down the uh, stairs to mm. confound him. She gets a piano from somewhere and pushes that down and it's like he has to run away from it. And then one of the things she grabs is just an old lady and she throws yeah. that at him and it's funny, I yeah. think, because it's unexpected and it's so weird yeah. and strange that the old woman should be there and that this our hero should just think nothing of throwing her in this killer's way. Yeah. It's comedic in a way that the two old women who get badly hurt in this are killed yeah. in one instance. And in the other, Kevin James just punches a woman. In the stomach. In the stomach and she falls down in the In a lady stomach. It, it, it. Well, there's something, I think there's something inherently funny in old, in old ladies. Um, and I think Kevin James really, uh, you know, really utilized that. He really, really took advantage of that. The funniness of frail old mm-hmm. women. Yeah. <laughs> a frail old woman being beaten up <laughs> by a 250 pound man. Yeah. It's perfect. Now, I did laugh during that scene. You laughed kind of after it. Yeah. Because but it, of... it wasn't, wasn't at the, yeah. the old woman being punched in the stomach. She, it was a, it was a, um, hotel employee who was coming in to change the sheets and she's on the floor and she's like, oh, distract me from the arthritis. And, uh, and as he runs off, she, she shouts after him, are you still going to want the turn down service? Yeah. And I laughed. Yeah. So There's a couple of moments I laughed in this and talking about the scenes out of context, it's hard to say why, because when yeah. I just describe them, they sound dreadful. There was one, I think we were really polar opposite on yeah and it's a sequence in which i can't even remember what blood is doing i think he's just has some form of um stressful experience and mm-hmm. he wants to get out of the hotel for a while so he escapes into a very pleasant looking garden again a very mm-hmm. gratuitous shot of the Wynn hotel which we'll come to in a minute mm-hmm. um he steps out into this garden and he goes over to a bench and he sort of sits down and there's a piano playing there who sort of smiles pleasantly at him and he's playing his piano and then a bird walks in a, a sort of a crane mm-hmm. a very large bird very graceful looking thing and then the bird starts to get aggressive and it starts like flapping around him and he's trying to fend it off and then sun, uh, and he keeps trying to chase it away and the bird then advances on him and he ends up wrestling with the bird. It jumps on top of him and is sort of, um, he's writhing around with this bird. All the while the pleasant upbeat piano mm. music is playing. Not upbeat. The, it's very eloquent, mm. elegant, the, um, the piano music. Mm. And the piano guy just continues smiling pleasantly at the guy, just um, sort of nodding slightly. And I laughed. Mm. I laughed at this sequence. And I think I can draw comparisons to one of our favorite moments from The Hateful Eight, which is where two characters are struggling to get a door shut in a storm. And there was a random cut to Tim Roth's character behind the bar, just um, smiling pleasantly mm. at them as they do this. Um, I believe there's a, there's a Monty Python moment that does it too, and I can't get a handle on what it was. It was Eric Idle. Yes, it's... Smiling. Um... Is isn't it when um the uh the son in uh, the yep, Holy Grail is, is trying to get out the window and he keeps yep Graham Chapman Graham is Chapman trying, yeah is trying to escape from uh this win- this uh, place and the guards who are charged with um keeping an eye on him uh, just continue just looking at him and smiling yeah, as yeah. if they're just not noticing anything he's yeah. doing that it, it was that for me it was that sort of laugh um, yeah. it's then completely undermined by two things first of all um Kevin James uh, calling awareness to it as he leaves as he finally finds mm. the bird off he walks out and says thanks for your help. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we, we got the joke. Yeah. Um, and then later on, it turns out to be a callback because he locks, um, some yeah. other guy in the garden with that crane. Mm. It's like, as just a random moment of just, he goes into this garden mm. and for no reason at all gets attacked by a fucking crane. But I, I, I'd have been happy with it. But speaking, speaking of jokes, I tallied up <laughs> different kinds of jokes. Yeah. 
I will admit, I got to about an hour and I stopped. I wasn't paying attention. I was eating soup. I was doing everything I could to not look at the screen. <laughs> and I couldn't look at you either. I had a real issue with that. I, really? I didn't want to keep looking at you every time there was a terrible joke because it just reminded me of what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to forget yourself and become like a floating consciousness that experienced yeah. Paul Blart <laughs> as opposed to a man sat in his flat watching Paul Blart yeah. walk up. So you go to the cinema <laughs> and you have such an immersive experience it's, that you forget about it. It's easier to lose yourself in a cinema. That must be the medium in which um, Paul Blart Moore Cop 2 Blart oh, must, was meant to be experienced. It makes so much sense now. Oh, Christ. So I made this I made this list and I checked it twice. And seven... I gave I could, up on it halfway yeah, through. <laughs> and then I, yeah, and then I made soup and stopped looking at my friend like, in the, who was in the room with me. <laughs> seven, I counted seven fat jokes. So Kevin James... In spite of being a larger gentleman himself, seemed to be wearing a fat suit mm. all the way through this film. Was he not? Because he wasn't big enough. Like, no. It's like, that's not funny enough, Kevin. You need to be <laughs> fatter because fatter means more funny. We all know fat's funny, Kevin. Yeah, it's an, it's an equation. There's a, there's, a, there's a graph yeah. indicating that the amount of funny is directly proportionate to the amount of fat. And you're way off, Kevin. <laughs> have you seen my graph kevin yes adam i've seen your graph <laughs> i've seen it there it's also it's right next to the one that relates um flamboyant um effeminacy in men to comedy yeah. and the one next to it which equates um the largeness of a woman's breasts to comedy and the one that equates <laughs> the clumsiness of midgets to comedy. And the one, it's a very long yeah. hallway of graphs that you have. And then Adam Sandler. And then next to that is just loads of portrait shots of all the beautiful women he's romanced in his films. Unfairly, <laughs> unreasonably. <laughs> Salma Hayek's in there twice. Yeah. Christ almighty, what a terrible film. <laughs> yeah. So in the first hour or so, mm. there were seven separate occasions where Kevin James... Let's say Paul Blart. Paul Blart is a fat man yeah. and he falls over or he runs like a fat man or yeah. he's eating chocolate. <laughs> Moments in which you uh, you think, you suspect that the audience were supposed to be laughing at this overweight man. Uh, there are two, uh, two, two rape jokes, basically. Yep. Um, one of which he goes in and uh, wingmans one of his drunk associates, another security guard yeah. who's um, hitting on um, this woman who's actually who? played by Adam Sandler's wife. Adam Sandler's wife. Yeah, he's actually Nothing played by Adam Sandler. <laughs> um, oh my god! In a slimming suit, this this drunk guy is is doing what drunk guys do basically, yeah. just leering over this woman and b- just being a bit, you know, like, well, you know, she if you didn't want it, you shouldn't dress like that. Yeah. You should you should wear a burqa if you didn't want to be hit on by guys all night. Yeah. And and she says as much and she also says, you know, you're you're hammered, you stink. Yeah. Please get away from me. And Kevin James comes over and well he just like brainwashes her into he does. He into explains. accepting that she deserves it basically. Yeah. He explains that um look, you see a woman, a beautiful woman in a bar, he's going to think that you're lonely. Yeah. And it's like fuck that assumption. Yeah. You know, people on their own aren't necessarily lonely, yeah. regardless of how beautiful or female they may yeah. be. And it's like, oh, just because this beautiful woman has sat herself on a bar stool, she's now sent out an open invitation yeah. for all men to come over and talk to her. And if yeah. she doesn't want to talk to them, then they are entitled to get shitty about it. Yeah. It's rape culture. It's yeah. the idea that the woman deserves this sexual attention. Yeah. Um, In a better film, I would be willing to believe that this is just the character 
This is Al Murray, the pub landlord, speaking. This is this isn't <laughs> well, this it, isn't. It's not satired though. No. If it was the pub landlord doing it, he would come out and outright say something like, "Look, love, soon to me, if a yeah. woman's alone in a bar, she needs attention." Yeah. Right now, I don't know anything about women. You know, it would have yeah, been yeah, like yeah, yeah, called yeah. attention to. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't. He was correct. It wasn't paid after, for laughs, was it? After he finishes explaining, she's like, "I guess I didn't see it that way." Yeah. Like, Fuck. Yeah, she comes around to it. It's just like, am I going crazy watching this? Christ. Um, and then and then later on in the film, when Davina, the hotel manager, um, yeah. finally admits that she's in love with him, he he then talks her back out of it. Yeah. And again, she's like, oh, you're so right. I'll go back to the other guy that I was romantically involved with. Thank you for showing me the way, Paul yeah. Blatt. <laughs> um, I, I I counted three segue jokes and then I realised that this film is just one long segue joke. When we say segue jokes, we don't mean a joke that leads on to something else. No, is it a segue or a segue? It's segue, yeah, segue. It is a segue, yeah. Um, I oh, I'd have killed for a segue joke, but it's a segue joke, <laughs> not a segue joke, but a segue joke. This reminds me of the time I was writing a segue. So it's it's just him, and again, it's the fat and the segue are kind of linked. I think is like he's a fat guy on a segway. Watch him ride, and there's a, a prolonged yeah. segway bit. Do you remember? The, oh, God, Paul Blart will cut it. Do you remember the prolonged segway bit? It's classic. <laughs> he gets on a segway, and he's fat, and he's fat, and he rides it whilst fat for two minutes with a stupid expression on his face. Yeah, and no one's impressed, and that includes the audience. And it's yeah. and it's very. It, go, it, go, it goes on one minute and 58 seconds too long. Yeah, I don't know if you counted how many times the joke was just gurning. Just mm. someone pulls a face, um, and that's the joke. Yeah. But that accounted for a lot of the time. So let's get back to these jokes that we found funny. What's your second one? Um, My second one's even worse, <laughs> because it was it's moments, even... moments before you said, I really hate this. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, There's a moment where the hero and the villain uh, just take turns shouting at each other. You are oblivious to the avalanche of insanity I'm about to unload. You don't know what I will do to you. You don't know what I'll do to you. I will spin around until I throw up on you and your friends. I simply don't care. I'll stick your face in maple syrup and make you sing gospel. How's that blow your hair back, Blart? I will crawl inside you and lay eggs like a baby spider. I welcome it. I've got two different colored eyes. So show how I live my life. I will bring a folk guitar to a pumpkin fight because that's the way I was brought up. Okay, you lost me on that last one. And I smiled. I think I wanted to smile, and I think my body wanted me to smile. It kind of, <laughs> it started, but I was so, um, I just, I felt like I'd been re- repeatedly kicked in the testicles. Yeah. Um, throughout that scene with, uh, with unfunny lines that, yeah. By the time that a funny line came around, I just had no, I had no goodwill left. Yeah. What was my, my, my second one was, um, Paul Blart is talking to, two more weird-looking people because we're in the Adam Sandler-verse here and weird-looking people are funny. Everyone looks weird. They have... Oh. I, I don't want to say that bald, fat people, you know, are, are bad-looking. That's not mm. what I'm saying here. But mm. the way they are presented, it yeah. is actors and prosthetics. It's people yeah. in fat suits. It's people in bald caps. Yeah. And that always looks strange. The skin mm. texture is always very rubbery. Yeah. And the dentures are always very big. And it's always just nasty. Yeah. So he's talking to these these two weird looking people and and um they're, they're talking about how something was about how their daughter going to university was depressing and out of nowhere she just says oh, i was just as depressing as idaho <laughs> and it came out of nowhere and it right. for once in this film's miserable life it caught me unawares 
and <laughs> and I and I went. That was that was my joy escaping because comedy is about surprise. Yeah, I'm gonna play Mortal Kombat again then. <laughs> Fair use, Paul. Oh fuck! When I mean, what was he getting out of this? Well, it was um, you know, you know the uh, the tourist. Uh, yeah. which came from acclaimed director of The Lives of Others, oh, uh, German Man. German Man? German Man. <laughs> um, which um, I haven't seen, but you assure me is just a cynical excuse for having a holiday yes. in a nice bit of Europe. Yeah. The only reason I can think is <laughs> Kevin James and Adam Sandler, he was probably there. Yeah. He was probably just behind, well, no, he, just well, shaking big sacks of money at Kevin James <laughs> all the time. Without a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he has his own face tattooed on his, <laughs> his chest. Yeah. And he keeps pointing at it all the time when he's not on set. <laughs> um, but oh. I, I can only assume they wanted a hotel, uh, hotel. They wanted a hotel and a holiday yeah, in Las in Vegas. That hotel. They wanted a hotel and a holiday in that yeah. hotel to, ho- to hotel in. And thought, I know, let's, let's just call around and see who's going to let us do this for yeah. a lot of money. Who's desperate? Yeah. <laughs> God. I, yeah, this, to be honest with you, I feel worse about our mission mm. today because of this film. I, I feel like our, our goal, what we set out to do was to find the best in bad movies. Yeah. Because the, as Werner Herzog says, this is what is being put at us. And this yeah. is, I mean, this is the nub right here. This film was very successful. Mm. We're at the, 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 the sharp end of the stick here with this one because this is what we're here for. We've got to find a reason why this isn't a sign of the end of the world. You know, movies still have value. People came and saw this. Yeah. People brought their children to see this. Mm. They got something out of it. They must have. And we we are here to point out what that thing is so that we're not just dismissing it and saying, no, this is shit. Yeah. This is worthless. Because people came, saw this, and had a good time and wrote about it on Amazon. Yeah, I think it, it'd be really easy to get, just to get so consumed by anger, a- anger during this that you just lose, lose sight of our goal. And I think we're at risk of, of doing that. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it was a lot more difficult than I thought it would be to take yeah. a step back and to assess this film for its, for its good. Yeah. It was very invited bile. Yeah. All the more so that, it is positively reviewed by mm. more more people than maybe any other of these films oh, that Jesus, we've man. we've seen. Yeah, and to go to go back to to the Razzies. Yeah, uh, you know it was nominated, but that's, I think that's a critics thing, isn't it? The yeah, Razzies. Yeah, it is. Um, it's not voted for by the general public. No, not that it won the Razzies, as we discussed last week. No, no, the, worst, the worst film, film of all made. time, Fan Stick, won the Razzies. <laughs> um, this was of all the films that we've seen. This was the most comedically bankrupt yeah. bereft of talent mm. of consideration of goodwill yeah. of of all of them and yet we've got to take this step back yeah and 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 find find the good things and also maybe try and assess why yeah. um why it was so popular and also why it was so bad the reasons that we were given by um analysts is just that there is a lack of live action family-friendly comedies out there. Mm. Um, it's worth pointing out, this movie was released very close to Avengers Age of Ultron. Mm. A family-friendly action movie comedy. And uh, uh, we both have our problems with Age of Ultron, but it's better than this. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. It's not better than nothing, mm. this. Yeah, yeah. It's not better than just not seeing a film. Our goal is to find the good in movies. And we can say that there are moments in this that made us smile 
And we can say that Kevin James didn't seem to sleepwalk through it. Yeah. He, yeah. he, he put, he really put his back into his comedic bits, yeah. you know, into those bits where he overexplained everything and, um, completely run every nugget. joke into the ground. Yeah. He's looking for it, guys. He's yeah. looking for that sweet golden nugget in the bottom of his pocket, trying to just, yeah. He just can't find it. He's not funny. I, th- I think there's an important caveat to put in at this point, um, for this episode of the podcast. I think this is the first truly bad and almost worth, almost worthless film that yeah. we've, we've, we've attempted it was it was a real learning curve yeah um i definitely got angrier than i've i've been over any of these films so far but i'm really glad we did this one first um i was gunning i've been gunning for jack and jill for a long time and and now i realize that i'm not ready for jack and jill i actually i think i think it's going to be it's going to mark an occasion it's going to be what maybe the one year anniversary or something like that i think uh, december yeah this was barely cinema yeah um, and it just came out of nowhere and just took our, took our minds away. Yeah. And it was very hard, guys. I don't know how long you have been listening to this at this stage, cause I don't know what length we'll have managed to cut this down to. No. Um, if you've been listening for ages, I'm sorry, but it took that long. Yeah. For us to get all the bile out and yeah. actually try and come back to this and find that good thing. Yeah. So let's talk about the good things now. Let's, let's have a lightning round. Uh, the very beginning of the film, uh, he helps a kid. There's a little kid, he's lost, he's mm-hmm. on a bench, and uh, Kevin James goes up to him and says, Hey, little buddy, are you lost? And he's, like, really nice to him. Mm. And then he walks into his mum, and then that turns into a fucking horrendous comedy sequence mm-hmm. in which the mum tries to get the kid to hug Kevin James, and he doesn't want to hug Kevin James, but she insists, and yeah. she calls him not a real cop, because we've got to get that shaming in yeah. straight away. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's it's awful, but the moment, the few seconds where I thought maybe the scene would just cut away with him having helped a kid, would make me feel better yeah. but no it doesn't no that didn't happen um no i'm good i don't have anything else really yeah i don't have anything else all right i have a few more uh the daughter was nice oh yeah it's the true. actress the playing was it was, nice. was good and yeah, um it, it didn't feel i mean the dialogue was dog shit but um yeah. and her, her what she was given to do in the film was so cliched it's not entirely implausible that his speech won over that room Because his speech is about how we all work a job that nobody respects, and the universe of the film has confirmed that to us, you know, that he keeps getting inexplicable amounts of shit. I'm not fully aware of security services Mm. in supermarkets, I have to say. I I wouldn't show them outright contempt that people in this universe do. I don't get it. It's not like, you know, it's treated as like the cliched worst job ever in this. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, Job without much glory, which he tries to compensate for by being arrogant, um, I think, although it's presented as being entirely straight, and he, uh, the idea that he has no self-awareness whatsoever. Mm. But he gives a speech in which he says, ultimately, why do we do this when we get so much shit for it? Mm. It's just about helping one, one person each day. If you can help someone get to where they're going, or help a kid find his parent, that's pretty much the only situations in which I can think of him yeah. actually being able to make a positive impact on people. Yeah. But, Hey, if it's just to live for those moments, then it's worth it. Yeah. And that's a nice thing, the idea that you can take pride mm. in simple jobs. You know, you're a shoe salesman, which is yeah. the cliched bad job for married with children. Yeah. You'll get to match someone with a shoe they really like mm. once a day, probably, or at least, you know, a few times a week. Every time that'll happen and they'll be really happy. Maybe you're selling someone the first pair of, like, new shoes they've ever bought after, you know, only yeah. hand-me-downs ever. There's nobility and dignity in every job you could do. Even my job of sucking cum out of elephants occasionally. Mm-hmm yields wonderful results but then according to kevin kevin james sucking cum out of an elephant 
is way more noble than being a security guard because in the rest of the film, yeah. why like why make him such a black hole, bottomless pit of insufferable arrogance nonsense? Yeah. yeah. I, like I was surprised that he was able to come up with that speech. I thought he was going to be just yeah. furiously embarrassing. Yeah, and but it, because of how he was throughout the rest of the film, sure, doesn't it, shut up. That moment was out of character. Yeah, and if he was, um, if he was in character, he would have said something like, "We are the most important people in the world." Yeah, we keep them all safe yeah. from those terrorists. Yeah, and- I'm a pretty high and mighty kind of guy, and let me just strut around, and then I'll, I'll fall off the stage because yeah. I'm fat. And it that's was funny. a weirdly humble moment that came in the middle of an arc that hadn't gone anywhere yet. Yeah, I wish so- it was in a different film yeah he doesn't act in accordance with that idea anywhere else in the film no that idea that hey maybe i have got a shit job but i get to help people Mm. was that the only bit that was written maybe for the script maybe that was the only bit that had been written and that (laughs) That the other guy did yeah they built the film around that and they're like okay kevin james this is your baby just run with it whoops (laughs) he dropped the baby (laughs) and it hit an old woman (laughs) oh jesus all right (sighs) It was a pretty good fight scene, though. There was a pretty good fight scene. Um, as the uh, guy from Band of Brothers lines up the um, hotel security that he has infiltrated um, against Paul Blart's security officers, and they run at each other, and it's in slow motion, and it's just like, oh, Christ, this is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. And then they have a pretty well-choreographed fight sequence. It was impressively well-choreographed. Yeah, involving clever use of um, props. Mm-hmm. That were around. Perspective. Uh, good perspective. Fairly good. Ed- yeah, good editing. Good um, yeah. blocking mm-hmm. of sequences. There's a scene where Kevin James is about to get punched and someone else blocks the hit. Mm. And it's great because the person who blocks the hit was genuinely completely out of frame before they come in and yeah. stop the hit, which creates a sense of mm-hmm. urgency. It, it kind of felt like um, a fight scene shot by Edgar Wright. You know how it's very slick and it's always very satisfying. Like even the world, the world's end. Well, especially um, the world's end, I'd say, has a particularly two or three really good fight sequences, yeah. which he took the uh, film grammar for from mm. Jackie Chan, who himself was taking the um, uh, the lead from, you know, um, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. So it, it's a heritage there of physical comedy yeah. and timing something just right, so that if one character drops a mug and another character comes and grabs it, and then it gets punched out of his hands only for another character to capture it with their foot yeah. and it never quite hits the floor our instinct is to laugh mm. and that it's weird because even in the raid you know a brutal brutal martial Family arts film. film yeah when a character you know just dodges away out of a machete and yeah. then you know follows it up with a perfect kick yeah. the instinct is to laugh yeah at the fact that it's happened at how pristine it was mm. it's a strange instinct but it is comedy and the old masters understood this, Chaplin and Keaton and um, mm. Laurel and Hardy and all those guys. They understood mm-hmm. this. You know, Buster Keaton walking away from a house that's falling apart and having a wall fall on him only for the window to exactly land on the bit he was on. You laugh because yeah. of, maybe it's relief. Like, um, yeah, there's, 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 I think there's a real pleasure in something just, um, coming off like that. Yeah. Just so perfectly. Yeah. Which is the joy of watch, watching Jackie Chan just performing these feats. Yeah. Um, it worked beautifully in that sequence in the, in, in the world's end. Mm. And in this, there are, there are a couple of moments in this fight where, yeah. I mean, for the most part, the actual fighting, not the charging. Yeah. Uh, yeah fuck was, no, not the charging. Cause but, it was just fat people running, yeah. which is funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but the punches and the kicks and the jumps and the falls were well shot and actually, uh, quite fun to watch. I think I'm ready to call it. Yeah. Let's just call it. Well, thank you for listening to One Good Thing. If you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter and Facebook at OGT Pod. We've got updates, news, uh, quippy film things, 
Um, comedy, 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 lots of Kevin James style talking and sound bites. If you like us and you want to help us out, you can rate, subscribe us on iTunes. Uh, you can check us out on, um, other things, I think. I'll mm. find out about those for next week. Um, but the best <laughs> thing you could do. <laughs> who knows, who knows where our voices are in the ether? We're behind you. <sighs> I almost saw you. But the best thing you could do is tell a friend. If you like us and, uh, <laughs> think this is a good way to spend your time then tell a friend spread yeah. the, spread the word um those of you who have done it already you're the best you're the absolute best yeah um you can send us an email at ogtpod at gmail.com mm. um it is open it's uh it's waiting for your emails i'm standing there like a someone hairdresser in an empty salon <laughs> just watching people walk past as i smoke clipping cigarette it after cigarette so thank you for that <laughs> Um, if you'd like to read more of my work, please go to uh, Nerds Get Bored at WordPress. I'm at uh, Life Worth Living at WordPress. You can find me through all the uh, the different uh, fundamentalist Christian positive sites <laughs> for my horrible comedy site. Um, you can find my writing written in most toilet walls in and around the um, Liverpool Street area. Okay then, um, I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And remember, the one good thing about Paul Blart, more Blart, 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 2 is when someone actually prevents someone from hitting Kevin J.